At Repromed, we know every fertility journey is different. That's why our world-class specialists offer personalized treatments with compassionate care. With clinics nationwide and a new location in Cork, our consultant-led teams provide the fertility expertise to give you the best chance of success. Start your fertility journey at repromed.ie. Want to know where Stenaline could take you this year? From school runs to road trips. From FaceTime to face-to-face time. Get away from the everyday and we'll take care of everything else. Take your car to Britain and France from only €139 car and driver one way. And if you upgrade to our FlexiFare, if your plans change, so can your ticket. Book today at stenaline.ie. Terms and conditions apply. Lee Carsley has been named, although I'm not sure... He's not coming now, is he? Well, that's the thing. Our, our Big Sam is, is the other one. <laughs> it's always Big Sam, isn't it? OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. All right, episode 18 of the Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. It's All-Ireland Final Week. Anything to say, boys? No, it's great to be here. It's How great. would you stop? <laughs> <laughs> He's just spent 10 minutes of pre-recording, singing the green and red of Mayo and the N70, you name it. I'll tell you, I was I've never the- seen a man as excited in yeah. my life. I was up in the FINA on Saturday in the club with FINA in, in Dublin and I was talking to a couple of Dublin guys and the kids there, they were, they were tiny John, this just shows how Dublin have destroyed their championship, right? <laughs> and they were saying the, the first time they ever seen Dublin really losing was against Mayo and the kids. And the first time this September that Sam Maguire will not be going into a school in Dublin. Is now, so they don't know what to do with themselves. Do you know what I'm I tell you, I've done a few of those gigs now with the schools. The kids were getting bored of it as well. They had no interest. <laughs> They started looking, could Liverpool bring in the Premier League? And the teacher's like, no, no, no. We got the lads in again with this cup. So I said, you're right. They won't know what to do. They won't know what to make. But, and even, I know the girls as well, bringing the Brenda Martin Cup in for the last four years as yeah. well. So it's going to be a lean, lean September around the primary schools around Dublin. They're going to have to start doing actually some work in school, yeah. uh, which might be the worst thing for them. But... Uh, Andy, that was I've never, what a reserve. Oh, that, that was ridiculous. Wasn't it? <laughs> you look at, you get away with it for twenty minutes, but Paddy won't. Like, didn't he just wind himself up last week? Yeah, yeah. The podcast. He was full Mayo. What a professional! What a professional! Uh, you have to bring it down, lads. You know, yeah, look at the smile on him. I tell you, I can't wait to see next week's part if Mayo actually get over the line. Will you be on it? We'll have to just be me and you, Tommy. I'd say. Oh yeah, I don't know. He well, might go I'll missing. Stagger, I'll stagger on for that one, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, 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 do you know what? We'll, we'll leave Mayo for a few minutes because there's only one place to start, lads. Well, Jesus, sorry. Yeah, go on. Come on, Paddy. Come on. <laughs> the empire has collapsed. The Mead Emp- ladies, oh. footballers, the Mead women footballers, the story of the sporting summer. I'm just going to put it out there. You can bat me away <laughs> if you want. But what a rise to win the Intermediate on Ireland last December, win Division 2 this year, to knock out Cork, in the All-Ireland semi-final to beat Armagh, one of the one of the up-and-coming teams, and then to go and beat Dublin, who were chasing five in a row. Just an incredible performance the weekend. It was great to see you. It was a brilliant game of football, I thought. Um, I don't know what you thought of it, Paddy. What did you make of it? Like, obviously, that Dublin yeah. team, uh, they've kind of gone hand-in-hand hand with your own success in, in Dublin yeah. as well over the last couple of years. Yeah, it, it, it's a phenomenal story. It is. I, I like it when you say it that way, like me... 
look, winning the intermediate championship. I wouldn't say there were no hopers in terms of winning the All Ireland, but but they were definitely not fifty to one at the start of the year. They, they were not a tip for people to, to, yeah. to win this All Ireland, and it's like you say. Done it the hard way, you know. Not not to this banana. To take out our, our, our man and Amy Mack and that brilliant Armagh team. Mm. To then beat Cork, who alongside Dublin have been the perennial standard bearers in, in ladies' Gaelic football, and then to beat Dublin. And, and I have to say, going into the game yesterday, I was confident they thought Dublin would have their number. Um, and you're right, the, the, the girls. To be fair, it's been a brilliant rise from them as well, and the job Mick Bahan has done with some really iconic players in that team. And they were chasing their own bit of history to, to win the five in a row. But it was a brilliant game. It, it wasn't as free-flowing. I, I, I think it might mirror <laughs> what we're going to see in the men's final this Saturday. It was intense. It was full-on. I, I think we were chatting about it earlier, Tommy. The longer that game went on, it felt like it could go on for another hour. I thought Mead were just going to win that game. They just kept... It was so professional, the way they managed the game. They're set up. They were so well organised. Yeah. Defensively, they totally shut down that Dublin team. And you just felt they were always had Dublin at arm's length. And Emma Duggan's goal, what, six, seven minutes in, who would have thought that that, that that would have been the key score the whole way through? But like you say, even though Mead weren't exactly shooting the lights out in the second half, that you yeah, just felt three they, points. they were... Three yeah, but, but, but it, was, it, was that, it was that type of game. You just felt they were controlling the game. Like... I thought Dublin seemed to lack ideas in, in the second half. They, they were chasing goals, weren't they, Paddy? And me, the defensive Do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Looking back to the previous Saturday, very similar to, to what Kerry were doing against Tyrone, constantly going through the centre channel. Dublin probably needed to get a bit more width. And the, the key thing that was coming back into my head, watching Dublin in the second half there, Hannah Tyrrell was obviously the key player for them. They're missing someone like a Noel Healy, someone just raw pace. When you're playing, there's loads of numbers back and me, they're organised. Yeah, someone needed to break that line hard for Dublin. That's someone like Noel Healy used to do so well for them. Or we look at the last play of the men's team against Mayo, where they were crying out for someone to get the ball up the pitch for them. A Jack McCaffrey or someone like that, and they just didn't have it. Um, we're on the flip side. Look at what Mead had uh, with their their man of the match, well, Vicky Wall. Vicky Wall, late, late player of the match. Sorry, player of the yeah. match, Vicky Wall. Any time Mead were under the cash. They could hand her the ball and she would transition the ball 70, 80 yards up the pitch. Well-deserved player of the match, even though she, she didn't actually score. But it just shows the impact she had on the game. It's just a release foul for me because they were dealing with pressure. But like I say, they were in control of it. Um, and it's just it. Look, heartbreaking for, for, for the girls, obviously going for five in a row. But what a story. You're right. If, might only be topped by me or by Mayo ending their trout if they do this, this Saturday night. But it's a phenomenal rise from Eamon Murray and, and for me, ladies football. What a, what a brilliant, brilliant story. Yeah, I think, I think Paddy sums it up there. It, um, just 10 minutes into the second half there, I just thought Dublin were, Mead couldn't score. Dublin mm. couldn't get enough on the, on the board. They got one. They got to 2-0 in the second half. But then was it um, Stacey Grimes then that gets the next point for... Yeah, just before the water break, yeah. I actually think that was the score to win the game. And as Paddy said, uh, the goal, of course, in this, right, is massive meat press. It's... uh, it's, They've they've worked on that. But Mm. there's no way they've got it to... It falls into the perfect person's hands. Like <laughs> there isn't another girl on that May team that can put that ball in across the keeper's head. She did it actually, Fergal Lynch. Anyone who's doubting it, Fergal Lynch, a, a local Mead journalist who would have been involved with Mead Ladies football underage, tweeted that she actually did it in a minor final a couple of years ago. 
but the referee disallowed it, saying that she was actually in the D when she intercepted the kick out and put it over the bar. I, he was saying she shouldn't have. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not doubting it at all. Oh, no I, doubt. Yeah. It was absolutely meant. Um, again, her skill level allows her to do that. Um, yeah. It was just amazing. And then Paddy said it when like the defence were superb. They were brilliant. Unbelievable. But they, when they needed that release, that just that release. And we've talked about this. All year when Shane Walsh got injured against Mayo, they had no release. They couldn't get the ball up the pitch. We talked about it when Merchant was off again for mm-hmm. Dublin in the men's game. No release, but whoa, the <laughs> ball just gets the ball. She must have cared. Joe, just driving. She must have covered a couple of K. Yeah. Just driving with the ball. And it just gave them the release. You could see her every time up. Dublin had to foul her before she got into the 45. And that was just an amazing result. And I just think it, it, like, it shows what you can do with development. But it shows what you can do when people commit. But it also shows the importance of really good coaching. And hundred mm. percent. That that Dublin team are are a phenomenal team. But they had a way of playing, and me just fitting in the counteractive play with two, maybe three sweepers at a time, all in different kind of channels, and just kept Dublin out, outside the scoring channel. Like some of the scores, kind of turn kicked <laughs> the highest. Like you're on yeah. about the highest quality in over a right shoulder. Beautiful points, but they that's the way they had to score the points. And uh, um, I just thought it was brilliant. It was great to see. Um, and you're on about the story of the summer. That's not going to be top, lads. Even Joe, mm. like us down here, if we're lucky. Well, that, look, that'll be the story of the century, Andy. We know that. Yeah, yeah no, no. We'd <laughs> love to get over the line. But I just yes. think in terms of performance, maximising what you have, good coaching, beating the best teams in it. <clears throat> It's, it's but but that, that that's it. The, the net, look at the progression that Mick Bahan has brought in to that Dublin ladies team in terms of the, the technical ability of the players. You know, I, I've worked with Mick in DCU uh, with Sigerson and also with um, with the senior team for a year. He was with us in 2014. He's a brilliant coach. A really like in terms of the skills of the game, technical, and that that just shone through in, in all the Dublin games that that you, that you looked at the skill level that those girls had. But on the flip side, and you look at what, what Eamon Murray's done, Andy hit the nail there, just so, they were so organised. Like, they're on the kick on the kickouts, in the fence, just constantly, constantly. I, I just felt they always controlled the game. Mm. Always controlled. From seven minutes in, Emma Duggan gets the goal. They go in five points up at halftime. And even though, like we said, probably struggling for scores a little bit, but they, it just felt like every single player on that pitch knew their job to an absolute T. And Andy's right. By having that alone, that gives you such a chance. Then they've got some exceptional players on top of that, and that gets you over the line. But, but it was a brilliant coaching display, the organisation, and to come from where they've come from in that space of time yeah. is is spectacular. It's absolutely, it is. It's spectacular stuff and, and well-deserved. And Jesus, tell me, what, what a couple of weeks from it. It's what's, been what's going on? What's going on over there, over the border? Well, I was, I was going to ask Andy, can it, can it translate? Like, because obviously Mayo had that incredible spell of, of chat before the Cork team came along and, and the Dublin mm. team, the Mayo women's footballers, you know, set the standard at the start of the century. But that didn't necessarily spill over into the men's team or did it? Like, was there a, were you looking over and looking at the All-Irelands and the All-Ireland finals and thinking, do you know, we need to be doing this as well. Like you were getting to all Ireland finals in 04 and 06, but the dominance of the Mayo women's team was was at a, a such a high level at, at the start of the century. Yeah, well, there's a direct correlation there between like where, where the, the really good players came from at the time. So if you look at the Karen Conn stronghold, which was Cora Staunton and the girls, 
Alan Dillon and all them girls would have been of the same you know, of the same age profile and they all came through at the same time. So there'd have been a correlation, but the, the excellence that the, the Mio girls produced was far superior than what the men were producing at the time and the consistency. They just had better players. They'd, like, they'd a, a four, like you've seen the quality of the kicking in the junior game between Wicklow and Antrim yesterday, mm. um, the Westmead girls in the intermediate game, and the um, and the, the, the obviously the Dublin and Mead girls in the senior game. At that time, Cora could do the inside the foot, the outside the foot, the punch. She could do all three kicks. Very few people, very few girls could do that. But now you see it. It's all beautiful technical kicking and the accuracy has gone way up. I think the goalkeeping position in ladies Gaelic football has really went to a different level uh, which makes which makes it a way better spectacle. And I think the work that's been done on the ground with, with, with girls throughout the, throughout the country is amazing. Like you see the quality of the Cork Mead game in the semi-final the quality of the last year I thought the Mio girls in the semi-final mm. bar the first quarter they were excellent like oh, Really good. The performance of Rachel Kearns from your own semi-final was as good as Anthony we've seen yesterday as well. So, all parts of the country, uh, there's a real yeah. kind of lift in what's happening in ladies' football. But we have to give the kudos to you, Leinster boys. Uh, all three winners yesterday were all from the, the one province. So, you're obviously doing something a bit better than us, you know? Yeah, very, very much so. Hopefully it's not a flash in the pan. I was going to say, like, Westmead lost the, uh, in, the Intermediate All-Ireland Final to Mead last year. They won it this year. Mead had lost two Intermediate All-Ireland Finals before this year, uh, last year. So hopefully Westmead can build on and you're going to see more winners in the in the LJVA competition as well. So you're listening to episode 18 of the Football Pod of Paddy and Andy. It is All-Ireland Final Week, but before we get into the build-up to All-Ireland Final Week, Andy Moore and hold your horses a wee bit longer. We have to talk a bit about the managerial merry-go-round. It's actually fascinating oh, what's going on. I'm not talking about Stephen Kenny's future. I'm talking about football. I'm talking about Kerry. I'm talking about Kildare. I'm talking about Jack O'Connor last week throwing a spanner in the works. <laughs> saying that you have it all easy up in Kildare. It's, you know, the Kerry job is where it's tough. Who wouldn't want to ma- manage Manchester United? I think it was, was it Tommy... Was it Tommy Lyons who said it back in the day that Dublin were the Manchester United of Gaelic football? Well, you know, Kerry... S- S- sounds like something Tommy would say, yeah. Yeah, so so obviously Jack O'Connor, lads, he released a statement earlier on that um, he was stepping down from Kildare football. Peter Keane is still the Kerry boss. I was making the case last week that I f- believe that Peter Keane should get another year, um, uh, that I believe he might, well, winter out this winter one more time, but... Paddy, Jack O'Connor stepping down from Kildare. Were you surprised by that? Because he had a couple of weeks ago committed to a third season in charge of the Kildare footballers. <laughs> As he told us in the Sunday game, a Leinster final in Division 1 football, it wasn't bad. He had. He had committed. Um, I listened to him after the season had finished for Kildare as well. He was. Um, he has done a brilliant job with, with Kildare. You know, and that's... I say that The challenge for the Leinster championship is, is the shadow of Dublin looming over the province, so it's hard to, to measure success. Traditionally, GA and for counties like Maiden Kildare, success is winning the Leinster Championship and competing to win all Ireland. That's a very difficult thing for, for teams in Leinster to do over the last number of years. So for Jacko, that was a massive win in Newbridge against Mead to get promoted to Division oh, 1. Yeah. Without, without a doubt, that would have been part of his remit. They get to the Leinster final, maybe fortuitously. We were at the game against West Mead in the semi-final and they rode their luck at times and got there. Pretty decent acquittal of themselves in the Leinster final, but like I say, Dublin had them at arm's length. But Jack was kind of keen to point out that's progress. We're in Division One next year. We've won a couple of championship matches. We're in the Leinster final. It was interesting to say the least. 
his, his comments at his interview um, mm. after Kerry had been beaten. It struck, I think, a lot of people as quite ballsy for a sitting manager of a, of a county to be talking about that. Um, so I, I'm not overly surprised when I see in the news today that he's mm. that he's resigned from from his role with Kildare. Kildare be disappointed because, like I say, there were the green shoots there of progress this year. You would have to think, and we don't know, we're not in the know, but if he's stepping away from Kildare, he might have his eyes on something else. So I'm sure we'll see over the, the coming weeks what that means and where he might end up. Um, because it is surprising with a year left in his term, progress being made this year, to all of a sudden step away after the comments he made last week. So mm. I'm not suggesting anything, not for one second. <laughs> but, he, but he might just be the carry manager next year, I think. Yeah, like it's... it's, uh, it's Moran, what do you think? You're, you're grinning away there. It's an, in, it's an interesting time in managerial circles, Andy Moran. Do you know, like it's... There's seven counties next season that don't have a manager at the moment. They've counted it up right. There is only one manager who's there nine seasons in Colin Collins. Kieran McGinney is there eight seasons at Armagh. McEntee and Billy Lee down in Limerick are in their six seasons. Ronan McCarthy, if he comes back, would be into his fifth season. Bonner has obviously got a new term. He's into his fifth season. And after that, you've got a cluster of managers who are only in there two, three. I think Horan's going into his fourth season next year if he stays on after this. Mahan's going into his fourth season next year if he stays on. But after that, it's it's a lot of... So, I'm only, only looking at Andy there now. Have you thrown your name in the half for the Kerry job? The, the Kerry job isn't open. Oh, Kildare. <laughs> what's what? What's the commute over to Kildare from where you are? Oh, it's too far. <laughs> Great uh, mileage, though. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe this morning when you put it up. I don't know which one of you put it up on our WhatsApp, but it was. Uh, yeah, it was just. Uh, it was a shock. I have to say, I couldn't believe it. But Tommy called for his head last week on off the wall. I think <laughs> that's that's the power he has. That's the power Tommy Rudy has. Look, I'm not saying I had any any influence in the decision, but what I would say is that if a Mead manager was talking like that, he wouldn't have time to release a statement. He'd be gone. Like. Yeah. He'd be out the gap. Yeah, like how can you be talking? Like you're you're a Division One county. Where is the pride? Like you know, I look at Jacko's gone. No, I'm not going to say anymore. But like, should he not be looking at Dublin and saying, "Geez, we got to we got close to him this year. Look what Mayo did to them next year. Next year's the year I'm going to take them further." Look, at, I, I think with with Jacko was always a bit of short termism there in Kildare, and I think Kildare football should be looking. They should be like they have an, a 2018 All Ireland final under 20 win there. Like they should be looking to develop that a bit better than they have. But, but like you're looking at Kildare Leash Mead there, and they're all. Mm. Sleeping giants at the GA. So, like at least in fairness to you guys, you've got uh, you've got moving. Uh, you've mm. the minor made good progress at the senior level, or uh, made good progress at senior level, and the ladies obviously pushing on. So there's good stuff being done in me. Uh, I think Jack O'Connor has improved Kildare, from being honest. Uh, if Anton, if nothing else, he's got them to Division One, and he seemed to give them a tiny bit of steel, which they were lacking for the last while, which is. Always a positive, and then Leash, I think, will come good with the with the right appointment as well. So, there there is a bit of progress being made in, in, in with the Leinster teams, but it's a fascinating one. Like Peter Keane's still in the job, yeah. and, and uh, we're we're talking about a manager that's just after leaving the job. It's very unusual. In it's more Premier League soccer stuff. This in, uh, it's always been like yeah. that with Kerry, though, hasn't it? Kerry's always been sort of like that. Well, I think we put it up there a couple of weeks ago, just again, either on the pod or on the WhatsApp, where it was just it was just managers falling left, right, and centre. It was just mm. it was it was going mm. 
Wicklow, Down, uh, Leitrim, Longford, they were all just kind of full. Leash, Fermanagh. Yeah, they all Kildare. just went at once. And then there's a break and now there's a few more going as well. So it's amazing what's happened in a couple of weeks. Um, but, but, but Andy, but it, it, it just shows how tough a job it is. Sorry, Penny. Do you, do you, why do you think that is? Is that county boards looking at, like on the flip side of that, you look at what Ender McGinley goes in and does, he's fresh into Antrim, does a brilliant yeah. job. Loud, kind of take the bull by the horns and go, we're going to take in Mickey Hart. He's a phenomenal, iconic manager. Let's get him in and let's start pushing the boat. Look what Rory Gallagher's done with Derry. Look what John Mahon's done with Offaly. Our county board's looking at that. And we touched on it earlier in there and just going, if they can do it. And that nearly, it's nearly a kick in the backside for county boards. They're saying, but listen, we, we want that. We want a piece of what Antrim or Loud or, or Derry or Offaly or these teams are doing. And we, we always say, Andy, all any coach could do, you know, not every team can win the All-Ireland. There's very limited teams that are going to compete yeah. at that level. But all any coach could do in his team when he goes in there is maximise the potential. We've said that so many, playing him in X, ain't it, about here. Instead of looking for the shortcuts or the, the easy excuses, a coach goes in, the players buy in, and they maximise the potential. And you've seen four, five, six counties this year going and doing that. I actually thought Kildare, like I say, with Jack has done a good job there. Yeah. And they're pushing on. But our county boards now looking down, maybe we do need a change because we're seeing other teams taking steps and they don't want to be left behind. I think there's a bit of both, Paddy. I think the, the other the other big problem for coaches and managers going in is how do you measure progress? I think you've said it there about mm. Kildare and Mead. Their litmus was always winning Leinster championships, mm. getting to the finals, really competing with the dubs. And that's kind of like with the, with the giant that is Dublin now at the minute in Leinster. Mm. That's kind of so. What is progress there? So Jack getting to Division One, doing like, but Joe. After that, if you're Wicklow and these guys, it's very important that the county boards, the management, and the coaches have all the one aligned focus of what actually is progress here. And if that's just winning, uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen for a lot of these teams. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, one of the most interesting moves of all was Tomas O'Shea who probably lit the touch paper on the Sunday game that night um, around Peter Keane's future, calling it as he saw it. Um, I, think, I think so, Tommy. Just but on he the, slipped into the Offaly job with John Mahon. Go on. Yeah, on the Tomas O'Shea one with Peter Keane, I think just when you touch on it there, mm. I think Tomas has got to where he's got to in punditry because he's honest and he's a really good pundit. I think he's, he, like, he's very, very... I think his article is very good. I think he's probably the best person on the Sunday game himself to Kevin McStay. Um, and I think, I think he's good. So like when he's asked... He, it's just his way to be honest in it yes it was, it was harsh on Peter Keane but if he bluffed around the two I don't think it was him no, well, it's I, not his style no, and no. if you, if you read his Saturday piece like if you read his piece in the Sindo at the or the Saturday Independent at the weekend he explains it very well and he goes yeah. through the process as well of talking about the I suppose the rumours that were there in 2004 when Jack O'Connor replaced Paddy, yeah. and the story was put out there that the O'Shea's won't play for Jacko it's a good piece Tomas O'Shea has always been very honest and upfront. I think things. so yeah but now he's he's obviously Slipped in with Offaly with John Mahon. It's a very interesting one seeing that. We've seen Donaghy do it as well. We've seen Tomas do it too. As somebody interested in getting involved in coaching, is that something, that kind of a route that would appeal to you, working with somebody else? 
Yeah, geez, you're probably laughing. Look, he's teed up. He's teed up. This is like, this is a job interview again. Oh, if he, I tell you, if Andy Moore, if he's not flogging his gym, he's oh, flogging his coach and words. Look at him. It's a genuine <laughs> question. It's a genuine <laughs> question. I have nothing to do with this. I have no interest in going coaching. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I know. Slate them all. Yeah, no, no. I, I, it's listen. There's, there's, there's many different routes you can take. I'm sure. And I'm not speaking for Tomas O'Shea here. I'm sure Tomas is looking to get in, get into progress, progress into the management side of things. Um, but what better way to learn under an experienced manager, John Mahan, who's who's obviously open to real good, experienced people coming in, and away he goes. Tomas now must must be 43, 44 years of age. If not now, then when? Like myself, and you're on about the coaching side of it. I'm. 37 or 38 in November if not now when like it, it gets to the point when when do you do it and uh, I'm sure that's where Tomas looking the opportunity arose he's probably given up a lot to take up the, the, the chance to win coaching and um, I, I'd say fair play to him because anyone that puts their hand in the ring and does something like that I think it's it's a ballsy move so fair play uh, and you know, he'll do of course he'll do well I think for a guy who's as a player, he's one of the best players ever. What, what an incredible player. But as, as, as a bloke, the, the few times, a few interactions I've had with him, those off few players are going to love to watch with you. Like, he's going to walk into that dressing room. Just his character. Uh, and you see, like you say, you see a bit of it in his punditry and things like that. Those players are going to love. They're going to be going out there going, I want to impress Moss O'Shea. The same. And for him, like I said, learning from Mohan has been around the block so, so many times. What he will learn Tomas is a relatively inexperienced coach. What he brings in terms of his punditry and obviously his incredible career as a player, he'll actually learn a lot for, for Mahan as well. I'm sure that's all part of the appeal for, mm. for, for Mahan to bring him in, for Tomas to, to go down and do it. And very similar to what, what Donahue's doing with, mm. with Armagh. I've no doubt the Armagh players love Kieran Donahue because that's just his personality as well. Like, and you can't not but respect what those guys achieved as players. They obviously understand the game very well and, and as much as Donaghy will learn from McGinney, who's an experienced coach, uh, has done made huge progress with him there when he was there and now you're starting to see it. Uh, Armand moving on to the next level and becoming a kind of serious Division 1 team. That's what I'm sure what Tomas is looking to do uh, in Offaly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a brilliant... For them winning the 20s with their hurlers flying it, with Lowry back and Michael Dyer. And you're talking about Andy... What does success look like? Everyone has to be on the same page. The county board, the, the financial supporters that you have there, the grassroots, everyone pulling in the same direction. And if you're looking at a county, look at what Offaly are doing. And that's why I'm sure that's part of the appeal for, for Tomas as well. He'd be a high-profile appointment going in there. And there's, if you're a young player in Offaly, you are mad to play next season. You can't wait to get there. If the there's trial matches, January. Yeah. If there's if there's trial matches in feck in November, December, the boys are, are are playing. Whereas three or four years ago, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. The lads are like, you know what? Fuck that! I'm, I'm going traveling or I'm doing whatever it is. There's excitement there now. Exactly what? Look at the guys coming home from Australia to, to, to join Rory Gallagher and Derry. Mm-hmm. Same with Mickey Hart in Leo. That's a little bit of success and organization, and you're joining. Going out there and it's just a decent setup. It so, can make such such a difference. And look at the the, the, the maid ladies yesterday. That's organisation. That's just a, a proper setup. And look at what can happen. Look at what can be achieved. And and that's the buzz that you can see with Offaly. And I'm sure 
it'd be interesting to see what, what Tomas and Mon be a few characters in there. And oh, I'd, say hey. go, I'd say it'd be good crack as well. To be fair, I'm going to go, go talk out myself. Hey, Andrews, that's a come and get me please from Andrews. Adam, to the <laughs> no, that coaches. No, Jesus, no. Water boy. Two, two things on it. The, the, the young players, we've talked about the young players breaking in from the 20s into the senior team. Mm. Right? You're just after getting a superstar in who's done it at the highest level, that broke that chain from 20, 21s into the senior team, became an all-star, became an all-earning winner, became the top scorer from half-back. He's done it through the ages, mm. right up to when he was older. So you have someone there like Niall McNamee who can get his experience from when he was older and you have some of the younger fellas who can get that experience, how you break through and how you get there quickly. Uh, the other thing about it for us guys, I know you're trying to get rid of me here, Tommy, trying to flog me off, but for us guys, like, doesn't it create- if you get a gig, can we come with you? That's yeah, what I was hoping. We're in my background team. But they, they, uh, <laughs> What's the mileage? Wherever we're going, I want the mileage. I don't even want mileage. <laughs> but they, they, like, you're looking at us here chatting. You can see us now looking at you know, the, the games, the Division 2 games, you get, or the, you know, the Division 3 games. We're going to be focused in on them because yeah. we want to see what Tomas O'Shea is doing. Like, I'm always fascinated by when an All-Ireland winner like Donny goes to Armagh. What does he bring? What's he doing differently than what McGinney was doing previous? When Tomas goes to to uh, to Offaly, what has he added now to the Offaly setup? How are they attacking differently? Is the wing back doing something differently? Can you see a bit of Tomas machine? And I'm always kind of fascinated by that. So it's going to be something interesting for us to talk about in, into the future. You know? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And uh, the excitement levels on the county like that, it's great to see because as you said, there's, we saw it at the start of 2020, obviously before the pandemic kicked in, but so many players are stepping away from the game in their early to mid-20s. They just obviously weren't getting the enjoyment levels out of it. So it's great to see that in Offaly. Right, we're 30 minutes into episode 18 of the Football Pod. I think it's time to talk All-Ireland final week. Paddy, I don't know if you're reading the mirror at the weekend. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, just like that, all this professionalism out the window. Show us your burner phone. <laughs> Andy Moran, show us your burner phone. Tell, tell the audience about this. Oh, the which? The, the burner, the week of the All-Ireland final. Yeah, I would like... Like, I wasn't a monk. Like, I actually enjoyed working, actually, coming into the final. I think it, um, I probably miswrote that a tiny bit. But the, like, I, I love being busy, but I hated the phone. I absolutely hated the phone. I, like, um, yeah, so coming in, we used, I used to buy a little, uh, a little uh, old kind of 20-euro phone, put a little SIM card into it. And the only one that really had my number was my, my wife and... Uh, and that was it. So she needed me. She got me, and if she didn't, she didn't. Because just with not even, not even, not even calls. It was the notifications coming through on the phone. Everything was moving. Mm. Best to look, and it was just. I had to get my head away from the game. I love concentrating on work. I love going into a class. I love going in, maybe sorting out a few accounts, or just burying myself in something for for an hour or two and getting away from it. And if I had the the, the smartphone with me. There was always something flicking through on it. So I just, for the week of the games, I used to, 16 and 17, I used to just get rid of the phone altogether. And uh, just, uh, if Anthony was important on it, Jenny used to look at it every now and then and just uh, look after that from there. I still don't look after my social media profile, so she she still does that. So I didn't really, really make any difference to me anyway. You know, so, that's, uh, that's a revelation for the audience. Ah, well, it's the truth. Joe, you, 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 you sent me a message to tweet out about this. I said, Jenny, tweet out about that. That's what I've said to There you go. Paddy, do you look after your own social media? Please tell me that's the case. No, no, no. Mine's, uh, my agent looks after all this stuff. 
<laughs> Sponsor posts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, no, I, to my detriment, I look at my own social media. And, and the, week, the, week, the week of an All-Ireland final, would you be deleting apps like Twitter and Facebook or would you be searching for your yeah, own name? It was, fun, uh, it was funny. I, I was never on Twitter when I played. Uh, um, I, I never never used it when I played. I only started when I, when I started my new job and then obviously uh, with you boys as well, but I never really used Twitter and I just delete. Not on Facebook either. I would have deleted Instagram the, the week of it. I, I think players, like I said, we, we were quite experienced by the time we, myself and Andy's team were playing against each other. We were used to it. We had very kind of coaches well, with James Horn and Jim Gavin with us that we were kind of nearly ahead of the game in terms of the professionalism and the, and the preparation. And I think GAA has got to that level now where you're just trying to avoid distractions. The old the old stuff about All-Irelands and you're going out doing loads of media that week and there's tickets and you're talking to everyone. That doesn't really happen anymore. Be very surprised. And like I said, with these two teams this weekend, they will be laser focused. And for me, I used to love it. Uh, the couple of weeks because it was coming into autumn and you're used to training in the summer and you, we always knew we, we, we train at DCU when we start training under the floodlights again and it's a little bit colder and lads are wearing woolly hats going out training <laughs> yeah. isn't it it was just it was like the summer was gone and when the summer was gone we knew it was the business it was the business end of the championship and we were getting ready to play Mayo or Kerry or whoever it was Tyrone and all our finals and that always stuck with me we'd go out and the floodlights are on and you're putting on an extra layer going training. It was autumn time and that meant business. business. And for us, for, for the couple of weeks, whether it was two or, usually, it was usually three weeks. I know it, it's changed, obviously, for Mayo. This, this time it's four weeks. But it was usually a three-week lead-in. And for those three weeks, you're as never, ever as close with your teammates than any other point in the season because you're training, the days you're not training, you're going doing your recovery, you're going swimming in the sea with the lads, you're going for lunch, you're going for coffees. You're essentially, you are brothers. Like, like They're the only people you want to talk to. And even your own family, they're on the outside. And, and, and like your mom and dad are obviously, <laughs> they're amazing, but they want to talk to you about things. They kind of get used to it after, after a while. But anyone that's not in the camp, you don't want to talk to because it's just a distraction. And they don't mean to. And of course, they just... Wishing you luck, and like Andy's saying, the phone is hopping. You're getting hundreds and hundreds of texts and and things a week. You are just hanging around with your teammates, and it's going for coffee and talking about what if this happens? What are you going to do? Or what about this player? What about that player? You're never as close during all Ireland a couple of weeks as you are when you're preparing for a final like that because it is the biggest game of your life, and and you're always trying to play it down. And it's like it's just one more game. And mm. it's just stick with the process and all that stuff. But you know, everything you've done throughout your career was for this. And that's, there's a pressure there. And the only people that really understand what you're going through mm. and the challenge you have are your teammates and your coaches. So we used to always be, we were very close as a group anyway, within the Dublin team, but, but particularly when it came to all our finals and things like that, we were pretty much inseparable. You see, you just see the lads hanging around together basically seven nights a week going to cinema together everything because they're the guys that you're in the trenches with and they're really the only ones who understand what, what, what you're getting ready for and what Mayo and Tyrone lads are going to be, be feeling this week it's I, I'm in Dublin and I can sense that it's mental I can only imagine what it's going to be like in Mayo particularly with, with a month long build up um, but it's it is a special time for player but it was the same as Andy you've got to be focused the whole point of being there is to win this match. That's what it's all about. 
you can enjoy everything that comes with it afterwards if you get the right result. Yeah, like like my my, my little uh, trigger was was match match the day was back on. You know, so you know you're you know, you're going well in the championship if you if you're away on a Saturday night in a hotel and you you're getting up at ten past ten to watch match of the day it was it was it was lovely. But yeah, Paddy's a hundred percent right. It's like for me, it wasn't getting engulfed in the game all the time, but like think about it maybe for an hour, have the hour thought about it, and then kind of just move away from it and be with people you're comfortable with. And, like I wasn't the week of a match. I wasn't the, the nicest person to be around. If I'm being honest, I'd usually be a kind of a friendly sort of chap. But she's my poor wife. Used to used to have to come with me for the week. You know, oh, would you be? Would you be wound? Would you be edgy? Would you be? I'd be edgy. Yeah, you know, everything would have to be done right and, and stuff like that. I don't miss that, lads. I, I, I genuinely can honestly say, I can honestly say, there's only one part of this that you'd miss, and that's if the one that you'd love to be on the pitch with. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing else I miss this this week. That is the God's honest truth. I we were having a chat today at work, and they were going, "Geez, would you miss?" I said, "Not one bit, not one bit," because the, Paddy's right. This is nobody else understands what you're going through. Bear the fifteen or thirty lads you're going to play that's going to play the week after your your, your group of lads. Nobody else understands this. Uh, no one understands your mind frame, what you're going into. I went into all Ireland finals when I haven't been playing well. I've been on when I've been playing really well and you just have to focus and try to get yourself right, get your routine, do things that, that you know help you and work for you. And um, yeah, I just found it, uh, I found it really actually beneficial having kids uh, before because you slept anyway because you're wrecked anyway. So it helped me with my sleep patterns and things like that. But you know what, Andy, I know a few of our lads who had kids said the exact same. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing better to take your mind off of the that running around with the kids propping up the school and things like that as well, uh, because it, it it can, especially in my earlier days when my first couple of finals, you can't overthink it. Yeah. it. It can, and that that's why Andy, you always make the point about 2012 that final that you you and Dudley Gall were were pretty similar that just hadn't been there before. You're about relatively like a novice going into that final. That's what I think the advantage of like say 11 of the throne starters played there in 2018 where, where they put in a decent performance but came up short against Dublin and then the Mayo guys you can't under, underestimate the importance of them getting to that final last year even though it was different and it was Christmas and it was COVID it was still mentally preparing for the biggest game of their careers against at the time the best team and the biggest challenge of, of the careers as well so both teams have that experience James Horan has been around the block he will Everything you're seeing from Mayo within the camp is exactly, I have to say, it's similar to what Dublin would have done. Get all the, the fluff, for want of a better word, out of the way early so you can prepare and get ready for the game. So Mayo, I don't think it'll phase them at all. And the same with Tyrone. Tyrone have those guys that played there. Both teams are experienced that, that they'll be dealing with these things. Um, and you can see it. They've kind of all gone to ground already. <laughs> that all their media stuff and all that stuff is out of the way. Mm. Anyone talking from those counties is now outside the camp. It's it's ex players or it's ex coaches or it's agents like like us talking about it. Washed up books like us. Basically, yeah, yeah, has beens, <laughs> has beens, and never words uh, talking about it from my side. But uh, I, I, I think both teams that experience they will be locked in and focused on throwing on Saturday getting their matchups and getting their tactics right. What were you like in 2013? You had obviously had the, the disappointment of missing out in 2011. Were you a bag of nerves in 2013 or were you like, this is my time? No, there's nothing as 
Might be dramatic as that, I suppose. Um, dramatic as well. Yeah, it was. This is my time. It wasn't that bad. Not America. Um, no, it was good because there was actually quite, because it was James' first year as well. It was our coach's first year that, that the guys had won the All Ireland in 2011 with Pat. Um, I was new, Paul Mannion, um, Jack McCaffrey, Kieran. It was all our kind of first years um, playing in, in the team as well. And our coaches were, were, were relatively new. Like I said, it was James' first year and Declan Darcy and the guys as well. But oh, I was just excited. I remember excitement. It was really, really excited. What we, I'd been injured. I missed the Leinster final and the All-Ireland quarterfinal. So I was back in the team for the semi-final against Kerry and, and I played reasonably well. And that was that famous game against Kerry. Hmm. And now if I look, take it back, I, I was excited. Definitely excited. Um about it and it was what was ultimately going to be the first of our many 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 games against Mayo in that final and I was confident we played Mayo in the National League that year we'd beaten them we'd beaten what we felt were, were, were a brilliant Kerry team we were confident we'd win that game and, and little did we know that Mayo were going to bring what they brought for the next basically 10 years and it was an absolute mental game of football and we were very lucky to get away with it in the end Like, but, but I remember my, my initial thing was my first final I was actually just very excited if I recall and maybe that's that's wrong but eight years ago that, that's the feeling I have with it Would you have many people coming up to you Andy the week of an All-Ireland final looking for tickets there was a brilliant piece of Tommy Welsh <laughs> before the Hurling final a couple of weeks ago and he said no Joe I'd be handing it over to the mammy the week of the All-Ireland final and I'd be giving her a list and I'd be, he'd be putting an order on the list of who he thinks deserves the tickets the most. Whoever asks him yes. gets on the list. Tommy put an order on it, hand it over to his mam and she'd make the decisions of who goes where. There wouldn't be boys asking him, geez, thanks for the ticket, but would, you wouldn't mind putting me in the Hogan beside such and such. Because he said, <laughs> he, put, he put that down, he, I loved it, he put that down to inexperience on behalf of the people who were asking that question. Yeah, yeah. but I think it's... it's um... At this stage, everyone has got a designated person. Mm. Who's yours? Oh, Jenny, obviously. Yeah. No surprise there. Jenny seems to... Does she do everything for you? She, do, you do you do anything herself? No. No, no, no. She works it's, it's, it's everything. It's a part of it. If you, get, if, if you get this carry job, is Jenny going in and selecting? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the uh, logistics... But I know it, it does strike me that that there's a big role to be played there in that in that mm. kind of lo- the logistics oh, yeah. of, of that like, week, you know, the people yeah, around you. Well, well, like for me personally, like when we were four or six, Jenny was with all the finals. So by the time we got to 12, 13, 16, she was well used to it then at that stage. And we'd, we'd learned a lot along the mm. way. So she was, uh, yeah, she used to just do all the tickets. Uh, maybe have one conversation about it and that'd be it I wouldn't even get involved in it I'd, yeah. uh, I'd kind of I'd just step away and uh, just leave them at it really Yeah Paddy I don't know about you but I'm getting a lot of DMs in the football pod Instagram looking for tickets this week so I kind of you're feel like You got one off me I did I did get one off you Nathan Murphy's looking for a ticket by the way if anyone's out from but no I don't have any tickets so apologies to everyone getting in touch with me Paddy should the dubs of the system that you players were not asked ever for a ticket Ah, we were the same as everyone else. Everyone else. Uh, but I, I think it's funny. I, I know people just, but they, they might know. Like I say, <laughs> I know Tommy's there. They're inexperienced. <laughs> we, we used to get 26 tickets. And that's it. No more, no less. Each player. Each player to get them. You got your, your what was that, I think, eight free. You had to buy then uh, the 18 other ones. And that was it. And it, people think if you're a player, you've unlimited resources. So everyone, and, and look, people I obviously 
with work I was worked for in Davie a lot of the time I was there and, and now with Medicine we have clients as well who are, who are looking for tickets and it, it's just assumed that it's social media as well is a big thing that anyone could contact you yeah. <laughs> and then buddies from school like secondary school that you haven't spoke to in 10 years can I, can I get four tickets I'll take four <laughs> or just, just if, if you can only get me two I'll take two and like for fuck's sake but it, it was metal and we were like that. We were very good. We got a ticket, like I say, we'd our press night the, the week after the semi final, a couple of days after the semi final. We got our tickets that week and they were gone by the weekend. So the two and a half weeks or two weeks leading up to the final, they were just gone. And it was, I then eventually. And, Who ditched them out for you? Uh, I'd actually do it. I would have known exactly who, who I was getting tickets for. Um, and that was it. And I was nearly as bad as Andy. I just ignored text then. Unfortunately, maybe that's not the best or the nicest thing to do. But, but for me, it was like, the tickets are gone. You were getting a blue tick, but there was no response coming. Uh, I was just in lockdown. And, and like I said, that, that was just our, our style of what we did. And it's too important. There's too much stuff going on. And, and, and this is the key thing. And for young players or inexperienced players, like it is an all the final. We we love the game of Gaelic football. We've played it since we were literally we could walk. The all the final is the absolute the Super Bowl, mm. and you enjoy it when you're out. But when you're a player in that, you have to win. You have to perform, and all the stuff that goes with the all Ireland and the aftermath. And if we win, there's got to be this, that, and the other. Or we're going on holidays and all that type of stuff. You just got to park all of that. The only thing that matters is that you're able to perform, and you you know your job, and your team is able to perform. Because I was fortunate enough. I never lost an all Ireland final. I think we played in nine, won seven of them, drew two. Um, and the, losing it, I've lost big games. I can only lose an all Ireland final. It's, everything else goes out the window then. You know what I mean? When you're in the final, the only thing that matters, you can't be getting distracted with the other stuff. And maybe you are a bit of a bollocks if you're not talking to people or a bit short at times, but it's too important for you and your teammates that you have to go and perform and nothing, you can't take any chances that something might put you off or you just might be in the right headspace or you mightn't have done the work that you need to get to, to do because if you don't perform, it's, it's heartbreaking out there and particularly if the, if the result goes against you. Summed up, I think. Yeah, I think it's nailed there. And uh, I don't know if you were reading the Sunday papers this week, but there was a very interesting piece in the Sunday Times by Mick Foley, Horan versus the Hype. Um, and Andy, you spoke about James Horne's managerial credentials last week. We're going to get into the game now, but it's actually a brilliant piece about James Horne. I, I hadn't realised, uh, I think I'd heard it before, but I hadn't really read into the New Zealand background that he'd grown up there for a couple of years and uh, spent a couple of the early years of his life there. But back in 2010, when he got the call that he was getting the Mayo job, um, I know I, I reeled out a Vincent Hogan uh, recreation of an Andy Moran speech last week in 2012, but I'm just going to read a quote from James Horne back in 2010. So it's the night he got the job and he said, Mayo was full of good footballers. I think we can create an environment where players, if they have the right attitude and the right character, can flourish. We want to bring some sense and structure. We want to restore a bit of pride back into the whole thing. I think he'd lost this like going long for the previous year. And just to finish, he said, we want to take the bullshit out of Mayo football. I'd say James Horn, like Andy mentioned earlier on, a month is a long time. A month before an All-Ireland final is an awful long time. I can't imagine James Horne allowed any bullshit to seep into the camp over the last couple of weeks. I can, I can just imagine what it's like to be in there. Like even here in my own, Paddy's saying it's, it's actually 
eerily quiet. It's it's you can see the signs going up, you can see the flags going up, and people are excited. I, like I am actually getting the true feeling of a fan. Um, but it, it's it's um, we hear nothing. No, I mean you hear nothing from that camp at the minute. It's it's uh, it's 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 in lockdown. They're they're training away. They're doing their own thing and. For all intents and purposes, I would say they're going into this final having been really prepared well and focused going into the match. And that's all you can do. Then you have to go and perform. But for me, it looks like things have been done in the right way uh, and done in the James Horn way. Uh, he'd always say crazy stuff happens coming up to the game. And he'd be prepared for that as well. And Joe, he wouldn't be afraid if it, like Killian goes down against Clare. It's next man up for him. Um, I went down in the 2012 quarterfinal. It's next man up. We'd play Dublin two weeks after. He just gets the team prepared and he just moves on. And I think he's a huge advantage to us. I, I genuinely think he's a huge advantage to us. I don't always agree with what he does football-wise. Um, like the opinions are, everyone has got an opinion. But in terms of preparing the team, taking the bullshit out of me football, Geez, you can't say he's definitely he's definitely achieved. He's definitely achieved. Yeah, but I, I think that's I think that is an incredible. He said that the night he got the Mayo job eleven years ago, twenty ten. Yeah, the night he got the job. That's incredible. Like, like, I I would say maybe overly simplistic, but that has summed up what he's done to, to have that vision and that idea. The first night you get the job and what he's actually gone on to do with Mayo in two spells. Mm. That's incredible. That is that is incredible, and I think that sums him up. And that's what we felt when we played Mayo in those games and so many of those Titanic battles. There was no bullshit there. <laughs> it was uh, it was man on man, and it was flat to the mat. And I, to be honest, what I, I I think Saturday's going to be the very same as well. It's going to be absolutely Titanic. The way both teams play, what they're both good at, what they're both maybe not so good at. They're, they're so well matched. It, it, it's it's a fascinating game. Um, mm. But like I say, if you were Mayo, you wouldn't want anyone else leading your team in there from what, what he's set out to do and what he has done. And yeah. Saturday, could, Saturday could be the, the, the crown of glory of that for James Horn. And I think he, he, he deserved it if it was for what he's done over the last decade. I spoke to him nearly a month ago now at the Mayo and Ireland final press day and he, he left me with a quote and he went off chuckling through the stand in McHale Park saying I love that quote after he left me he said uh, he learned it he said on a, on a presentation about the Gurkhas they're Nepalese fighters from Nepal and it, what they do is they embrace the jungle so that's what he wants the Mayo team to do around the hype and the build up and all the bullshit embrace it and uh, see where it brings them so I think I think we've left the listeners waiting enough time today to get into the real the real reason why we're here and that is to preview Toronto Mayo this weekend. So we are going to take the bullshit out of the podcast and we're going to get into it. Paddy, no more Mead. No more Mead talk. No, 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 no. We'll leave Mead where they were. Rightfully, they we're, led the We're podcast. just an, an hour and a half into the podcast of the all Ireland final preview. We still haven't talked about it yet. Ah, we're talking <laughs> about the build-up and all that. We're getting into it now. Right. I asked you both to... I know I asked you last week to do your homework on the All-Stars. We made an executive decision this week that we'll actually leave our All-Stars team to another podcast and we'll do a separate the one podcast week, on it. The one week I did my homework. I don't believe you. And I it's now it. fucking news. Right. You did your homework. Tell me what you think the Mayo team is going to be this weekend because I asked you both to go and pick your teams. So I'll, I'll hear your 15 quickly. I'll hear Andy's. We'll settle on a 15 then we'll talk about the matchups with Tyrone. So what do you think is going to happen this weekend? 
Paddy, before we hear the word of Mayo? Uh, I think it'd be a very similar team. Henley, Keegan, O'Hara, Plunkett, Paddy Dirk and Usher Mullen obviously back in. You think Mullen's back? Okay. I'd imagine he is, yeah. Um, and Owen McLaughlin obviously out. Do you say there's a bit of talk that Owen McLaughlin's able to play? I didn't say there was a bit of talk, but we'll be, we're getting I, I, look, more, we're, we're getting any more until in a minute. There, there, is, there, is, there is, there is a bit of talk. I, I don't know the ins and outs. Uh, 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 if it's the same injury that I had, and that's what was reported, where you have two metal plates put in, a double jaw fracture, you're not playing in four weeks, no matter who you are. That's insane. Um, but I don't think maybe it's not. Maybe it's different. It could, it could be a different one. So, so, I'm so, not so sure I don't know. Is that high Paddy? Yeah. Well, well, well I, I, if it is, I'd have him out. I know she can it straight back in. Ruan and Loftus midfield. Dermot O'Connor, Kevin McLaughlin, or Aidan O'Shea, Kevin McLaughlin, Tommy Rooney, and Ryan O'Donoghue. And I'd, I'd probably put. Leave him with that. There, there, there's a gap there. I, don't, I, I, I think Darren McHale could be under pressure. I'd personally play Andy Moran. But I don't know if you have any so minutes to them. Andy Moran, Andy Moran, and Tommy Rooney, and Tommy Rooney, another Oh, Tommy Connery, sorry. It's <laughs> 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 just somebody's he's fucking looking at me there, smiling at me there. I'm like Jesus, no, I, think I, 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 I think there's a gap in the forward line, and this is where. <laughs> Did you say I, who you replaced with Mikhail with? Because you were struggling with that earlier on. Who are you putting in instead of Mikhail if you're? If, uh, if I was a Mayo fan, what would you give for Kieran O'Connor to be fit? Oh yeah, I said I said it from day one. I think it could cost them in the end. I thought it would cost them against Dublin. I just didn't think they'd have the scoring power. They, they scored 13 points and it worked out that it was just enough it, over 77 minutes to, to get extra time and then obviously to kick on in an extra time. I see the reservations I had about Mayo's chances against Dublin, I, I feel are, are still there against Tyrone this weekend in terms of are they going to get enough scores? We, we asked the two boys uh, Tommy Rooney <laughs> and O'Donoghue to, to stand up and kick the scores and to be fair they did right at the end they did and they came up trumps in the conference both those players will take from that Massive. but I do think there, I do think there's a gap there <sighs> and I, 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 I looking at Tyrone's defensive system the way they played I don't think they'll be as I think there'll be a couple of changes from Tyrone as well but the way they were able to shut down the majority of the Kerry forward like Barr obviously the freak that is David Clifford I think that gives them a, a slight advantage on, on Saturday. I, I, I don't know who would you put in, Andy. Who's the yeah, Andy? Give us your the ace in the hole. Give us your team, Andy. If Owen McLaughlin is fit, Owen McLaughlin will play, and Darren McHale will drop out. I'd say okay. If he's not fit. I think James will go. With Brian Walsh. Okay. And I think Brian had a poor game against Galway. Uh, Johnny Heaney gave him enough of it, but I think the last time he came on, he was he, he really went under the radar. And I think we need to leave Hessian. Uh, you know, I have great time for Hessian, but I think mm. he leave Hessian to, to the second half to counteract some of the Tyrone guys that are going to come on so I think that's what they'll do with Hessian and we're going to need a, need a kick with 20-25 to go and um, yeah I think we'll leave Hessian to the end you know and well if you, t- if you think Andy Tyrone are going to have a kick mm. and they have in every single game they've played and we spoke of the, the Mayo bench against Galway and again coming down the stretch against Dublin they had the legs they had the kick mm. Both these teams have really demonstrated that throughout the championship. Mayo are going to need something coming in there because you've seen the impact Tyrone are getting every time in the fourth quarter. They've guys coming in and Mayo are going to need to have an answer for that. And James Horn, look, there's no better man to be, be prepared. And it's who does he hold in reserve and what, what kick does he get off the bench? Because I think McLaughlin, Kevin McLaughlin will start. Uh, he was oh, obviously the two, the two, the two McLaughlins were, were, were the aces against 
against Galway. Galway. Bench, yeah. Yeah. So, like, okay, we we don't like James Horn has given Owen McLaughlin every chance since the All Ireland final. He did not rule him out at that press day a few days later. He was saying yeah. he has every chance to make the All Ireland final. So I don't know, you know, whether or not he's going to be there or not. But the word on Oshin Mullen. We haven't had definitive word yet whether Oshie Mullen is going to be starting or not, but a quad injury, he seemed to have a bit of a chance to make it, or maybe he had no chance to make the semi-final. Maybe we all believed he had a chance and he didn't, but he seemed to me like he was quite close to making that game. Maybe if it was another week on, he, he would have got it. So, is I, was Mullen dev- I was devastated going up to the Dublin game when I when I heard he wasn't on the squad even to bring him on for 20. And yeah. that's, how I, that's how close I thought he was, but I heard it was... A bit more than what what I thought it was in terms of an injury, but right. uh, then I didn't think he was going to be back to the final. But now I've kind of um, just there's positive kind of vibes around me at the minute that he will be back. So fingers crossed that will come. He'd be a huge plus for us, as will Owen McLaughlin be. But it, if we got one of the two of them now, I think we'd be very happy and we take that. You know. Mm. Okay, let's talk to Ron then. Like you spoke about the defensive system against Kerry. They had got their whipping in the league against Kerry. They conceded the six goals. They've been opened up. They've been, like Padraig Hampsey and Niall Morgan talked about embarrassment after that game, we'll say. So they made sure they did not concede goals against Kerry. We knew Kerry were chasing goals. Their defensive setup against Mayo now. Are Tyrone going to spring a couple of changes? We, we've seen the strength of the bench. Andy, how do you feel Tyrone are going to set up this week? Do you think Duran and Logan will pull a, pull a couple of changes? I think, I think it's a funny game. Um, I was going through it today. I think the keepers are very even. Um, okay. I think who will come out on top there is going to be huge both off the tee and both place balls I think whoever wins that battle it could have been a massive yeah. turn on the game uh, defensively man for man I think we were better but I think system wise I think it totally evens it up Clermont probably have a better system okay. field, I think we all have an advantage yeah. forwards I think is even and I think on the bench then Tyrone have an advantage so I think it's like Kieran Cunningham had a tweet today I was telling you about it Tommy like if you're de- definitively saying one or other team is going to win this game, you're 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 bullshitting, like basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was just about to read up my, my definitive prediction there. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Karen Cullivan is well, my predictions are going to shit anyway after the last two seconds. Yeah, but, but I, I, I will give Paddy credit just before I go on to the Tyrone thing and you were talking mm. there. Like barred the result, obviously. You called the Mayo Dublin game <laughs> to an inch of its life. I was saying this before today, actually. Um where, where you literally said the Mills won't score more than 15 points and Dublin will just wear them down and chip them down. Mm. And for long peri- periods of the game, that was actually true. It, that Dublin didn't put Anthony on the score sheet themselves. So mm. Paddy actually called that right bar the result, thank God. But yeah. with, with, with this, the um, with the game, I, I, th- I do think Tyrone are going to change. I think they're going to change. I don't think they're going to go in with the same, same setup. I, I have a feeling... Even though it's going to kill that long direct kicker, I have a feeling they're going to throw a curveball with Derek Hannon. Um, really? I have a feeling he done well last year down in Casabari. For, for, for who? Because I, I, I think. For one, of, for one of the midfielders. I think, mm. I think they'll move Maddie Donnelly out of there and I think they'll play, they'll play Canavan up top. And he'll, he'll interchange with McKenna uh, in, in and out of that that's uh, a, kind of triangle. That's the a big. <laughs> That like that's that's a big that's a big call. Um, like Paddy, you spoke about Conor McKenna potentially going on Dave Morn in midfield the last day as yeah. well. Could you see that happening? I have a very similar idea to what Andy's saying there, but I actually don't. I think it'd be for Michael O'Neill. I think Michael O'Neill, as well as he did in that sweeper role the last day, was that was a very specific Kerry based 
decision to play him there along with Frank Burns. I, I think the team will be the same, but I think Michael O'Neill will come out. And I was actually thinking Mark Bradley or Canavan will come in. That jinky forward and they play a full forward line of McCurry, Maddie Donnelly and Bradley or, or Canavan. I think it'll probably be Bradley. Really? And that Maddie Donnelly will come in and out from centre forward and just rotate with, with, with Conor McKenna. But I, I think Michael O'Neill, as good as his job was the last day, I think that was very specific for... For Kerry, and, and I think Tyrone will play with an extra forward this weekend. I don't think Cotton McShane will start. I don't think Derek Hanover will start. I think particularly the way Mayo play, this first half is there's not going to be a lot of space. It's going to be, it's got to be scrappy. It's got to be flat out. I As McShane scored one three the last, he scored one two from play. <laughs> But, but uh, I, I, I do not think he's moving that freely. I, I still think, yeah. and, and as much as that boost to his confidence, there was huge space. Like Kerry's defensive structure was gone sure. at this point. Jason he's not going to cramp for one of his scores. Yeah, well, one of his scores, yeah. exactly. So I won some of the turnover from Eddie Donnelly. So McShane, although we got the, the headline scores, I, I still don't think he's, he's at the level he was at previously a couple of years ago pre-injury, which is totally understandable. Canavan as well is an electric player, but the physicality and, and the, the man-to-man, particularly in the first half of playing against Mayo, I don't think that suits him. I think those two guys will be a huge plus when the game is a bit more open in the last quarter. That's why I don't expect Toronto to change that. The only change I was thinking, similar to Andy, I, I agree. I, I, I think Mayo definitely have an advantage at midfield over Kilpatrick and Kennedy, but I think that those two guys are going to play. They've stuck with them all year. I think it be Michael O'Neill come out for for me, Mark Bradley and they'll be a little bit more attacking than they were against Kerry. The Bradley start against uh, Donegal. Monaghan. I'm just trying. He started against Monaghan. He did. He started the ultimate final against Monaghan. Yeah, he was at it, the top, and the two boys were inside. Yeah, Andy, what do you think about that? Like, is there much of a muchness between Canavan and Bradley? They're they're quite different in style, if not in stature. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to do something. I think they're going to do something because they're going to try to occupy the the middle defenders, uh, and to do that. They'll have to go. O'Neill is a funny one because they need someone to, like if they put uh, Sludden man-to-man on someone and maybe they put McGeary up a right half forward man-to-man and, like they did with Kevin White, they're going to need someone to track that loose runner. And I think O'Neill probably will do that job. Um, but I'm not sure. I kind of like what Paddy kind of said there. So I wouldn't kind of fully disagree with him. I'm just checking who started <laughs> Donegal. Like o- O'Neill started six, I think, against Donegal. He played a similar kind of sweeper role, but that all kind of changed when Murphy got sent off. So I don't think we saw the full fruits of Michael O'Neill's influence for, for Tyrone until the Kerry game. I think Tyrone, are, Tyrone were looking to... Like Kerry's greatest strength was the forward line and yeah. looking to contain that. That was the, the fear... Enough. That was the yeah, maybe fear is the right word. Throne knew they need to, they need to shut that down. Mayo's forwards are not as good, and I think Tyrone are going to say, "Well, look, we can hurt them on the other side." There, I, and I feel they're not going to be as defensive. Like Michael O'Neill playing there along with Frank Burns was a very set thing to, to, to try and stifle Kerry's attack and play. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to be a bit braver in this regard, and not not braver, but I I, I think they'll see opportunities at the other end. And that's why they'll play. I feel they'll play with, with, with probably Bradley. Does that that it strikes me that that style that they played against Kerry suited their type of player down to the ground? Like you've got six mm. players there, and Burns, McGeary, Hart, Myler, Sludden, even Connor McKenna, the transition players that you spoke about so much, Paddy, in the mm. build-up. 
Um, I think you were talking before beforehand that two seven of Tyrone's scores came from the transition. Would I be right in saying, Andy, that Mayo have a lot of transition players too? But oh, they're just... slightly different. Are they slightly like are Tyrone's more of a counter attacking style transition player, whereas Mayo's yeah. are just you're, you're nearly looking at like that middle age. You're nearly bar the midfield section, the two guys in midfield, you're nearly looking at identical setups um in terms of the player. Now they play Burns more of a sweeper. Uh, then Mill will play any sweeper. Uh, we will try to create one maybe from the middle of the field and get Stephen Cohen to drop back into that pocket and see see where it goes. But all the transition, Myler, Sludden, Paddy Durkin, Lee Keegan, whoever's out there, Stephen Cohen, they all nearly do the same job. It's like what Paddy says. Ne- not many of them are going to be kicking. Not, like The funny thing about the Mio, uh, Tyrone League game last, last year is Tyrone kicked an awful lot of long ball. Mm. But Mill were way more open at the back, way more set this year, and I think I think it probably suits us a tiny bit more. So it's good, very unusual. I just clicked up there on the, on the laptop here. I just clicked up actually the Donegal the Donegal game. Yeah, I think the only change from the Donegal game the last year was um, Michael McKernan started instead of Rory Brennan. Or Rory Brennan started in, yeah against Donegal. Rory Brennan started, and Michael McKernan didn't. So maybe this is their go-to team. Maybe me and Paddy might have just called that wrong. Maybe this is the set one. And I wouldn't say Johnny Gall and me were that dissimilar the way they try to play either. So maybe this is the go-to team. Maybe, maybe me and Paddy call that wrong. But we all will try to... Just don't be saying we're wrong already. That match hasn't even been on. If we're wrong, wrong, we can run next week and apologise. But at least come in with a degree of confidence that we know what we're talking about. Like Andy Moore Andy hasn't been wrong many times this year. I'll put it that no, way. Wait, wait, uh, he's a wily old fox. Look at him. Yeah, I, I called I call, uh, call the... Big Jenny's guy. telling them all the stuff yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can find a studio from Jenny. But, it, but they, 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 I call, like, we called a big call there. Yeah, looking at the teams, it might be the same. But either way, right, how are Mayo going to get an advantage here? Right? Sludden is going to try to nail Mayo's midfield with his kick-out. Absolutely, mm, without Morgan. question. Even if he fails on five, or Morgan, sorry. Even if he fails on five or six of them kick-outs, he's going to try two or three times because the reward will outweigh Mayo winning a couple of breaks there if they have one or two. But Mayo's big advantage here now is in the middle of the field. Make no doubt about it. There's two forwards playing there in the middle of the field. So we play Loftus... Jeremy uh, O'Connor with Manny Ryan. Manny Ryan, natural midfielder. The other two guys are half forwards. So they can be elusive there in around the fringes, running Kilpatrick, running Kelly, and just kind of really getting at them in that little kind of, you'd nearly call it the number 10 space between midfield and striker if you're. If you're I, I think that's an advantage to Mayo, most it certainly. I think they're so even nearly everywhere else around the pitch. You'd say the goalkeepers, the whole way up. I think Mayo could ha- have an advantage there. The only thing I was thinking with Dermot O'Connor, with Dermot O'Connor going McGeary, you know? I think the way Tyrone will play McGeary, as I said, I think they'll play McGeary like we played Paddy Durkin a couple of years ago. They'll play him, they'll put him on somebody. So they could on put Durkin, him, perhaps, no? They could put him on a Durkin or they could put him on a Hesham. I would have thought Durkin would go on with Peter Hart, you know? And that's what I'd be imagining. That's the whole way I kind of do it. But they're going to be like you, Paddy. You know yourself. This everyone will want to mark their own man. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I think it was a Jim McGuinness said. This is me agreeing with Jim McGuinness again. Um, Throne are so hard to pick up. Like I remember when we used to prepare to play Throne, they just go everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's not set. The, 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 that's this. Their whole game is transition. So it's very difficult to, to try and definitively say he's going to pick him up because they literally go everywhere. That's why I think Maddie Donnelly, 
starts on Jason Foley the last day, but then he starts coming out around the middle of the pitch and Kerry are kind of looking going, what's the story here? McGeary all of a sudden gets 40 possessors and going, who the, who the hell is marking this guy? And mm-hmm. it's, they're just so elusive in their movements. But I questioned Kerry in terms of allowing someone, allowing the Tyrone middle third to have the influence on the game they had the last day for, for, for McGeary to get 40 odd possessions for Maddie Donnelly even though it didn't really impact the game with the score sheet and great. Peter Hart <laughs> the three of those guys were controlling the game if you're James Horn you've got to be looking and going McGeary has been arguably Tyrone's best player well, this year someone has to mark him you know, we, we praise Conor Moyler did the job of Paddy Clifford. Who are Mayo, Mayo, and Mayo have the players who can, can do you that. Mark, can you mark a McGeary? Yeah, he's, so, he's so important in, in their transition. Look but at Clifford. It, it, Look it, at Paddy Clifford. But how do you mark someone like Kieran McGeary well, when he's trying to play between the lines? Go back to, to Ryan Someone man to mark him. It's like we were saying Ryan McHugh. Ryan McHugh knows the problem. Follow him everywhere. Because everyone knows Marks him. And he, he wants, like the way he defends, he defends in good positions and then he attacks so you can mark him, but you have to. You're releasing a defender to mark him. No, when Go. you release, when you release a defender to mark him, you leave space behind you, and that's the danger. But, but, but Tommy, yeah. you're you're saying how would you mark someone like McGarry? And Andy, you hit the nail on the head when we were praising Myler last week. Someone's got to sacrifice their game. Hmm. Someone's going to say, I might not have twenty possessions in this entire match, but I tell you what. He's only got to touch the ball five times. Mm. And anytime he gets it, I'm going to absolutely bury him. And the only thing he's going to do is hand pass it back five yards. Like Dermot O'Connor has the influence, has the athletic capability to do that. I'd say he's arguably one of your fittest players, Andy. But does James Horan turn around and say, well, Dermot O'Connor, particularly around the middle, gives us something a bit more in an attacking sense. He can get up and kick those those lovely outside of the right four points, two or three points. I, I, I I I I think he'll have to. I don't think he's going to be the one. I don't think he can be the one because I think he is going to be, if we're going to get enough scores to win this game, mm. I do think yeah. they're going to get into positions because Kilpatrick and Kennedy, if they do start, which I, I, I'd have my doubts, if they do start, the two of them, they are the little angles. You can get space yeah. off midfielders. You can always get space off midfielders because a midfielder essentially wants to catch and link play. That's yeah. what they're doing, you know? As you're talking there, I'm, 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 I'm really believing that one of those two may not start at the weekend. It just seems that Tyrone were set up so perfectly to take down Kerry that they're going to change it up because Mayo were such a different proposition. The way they attack, totally. the way they play, completely different style of football. So I think there could be changes. Um, very interesting. I'd love to see Derek Hanavan start. I'd love it. I think it'd be... It'd be yeah, I think he adds something completely different for that Mayo defence to deal with. He's electric. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think he he, he troubled our defenser, defenders. He's, he's elusive. Um, he hasn't started a game on championship. Though. He, he hasn't no, I know. Started. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, I think I, it's a big ass to do it now. I think. I know. He, I, I, he played well against Mayo in the league a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, last year they, they, when they were down. But now that game was, it was a gale force win. So basically, Tyrone dominated the first half. And Mayo dominated the second half because it was just a gale in McHale Park. You okay. played a few of them, Paddy. They're not, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's freezing. It's going straight down the pitch. And it's just... This was July or August, was it? Yeah, yeah, the middle. You never, you never came out of Dublin once April. Uh, yeah. You never, <laughs> I have never not been in McHale Park where it's not a bloody hurricane. And yeah. the grass is long and it's, uh, it wasn't oh, yeah. for me. So, it like, wasn't for me. But it was one of, it was one of those days and it was just... Uh, it was, it, and Canavan and Conor McKenna played very, very well together. Mm. And it was just, it's just, um, 
Yeah, I, I do agree with that. It would be a tough sta- tough ask for him, but he, he, he could go in there and do 40 minutes. I, I'm hoping he doesn't. Um, but, but Andy, I just the, the way the way Mayo play and, and the first half of this game, this has got to be beyond frantic. My, my own experience playing against Mayo all our final games, there's no space. It's just it's flat out. I don't think that necessarily suits Cadogan's game. Okay, and I think it's a big risk for. I think they're they're, they're wasting a, a trump card off the bench by playing him from the start. There's a bit of a cost think, below. In 2017, yeah, like, like we, we always had it with, with, with Kevin Mack was obviously our most infamous person coming off the bench, and there's absolutely times where he was electric coming in. You think that fella has to start, yeah, but he just had something. He was an X factor off the bench, and when space opened up, there was no one better. His style of play suited space, which wasn't always there in the first half of games, particularly against Mayo. And I could see Canavan in the exact same way. If McShane, if I felt if McShane was at his absolute peak, I'd start him. And I think if anyone's likely, he could play. But okay. I, like I said, I just don't think he's a sharp, despite his scoring exploits the last day. I think the last 20 minutes is the time for him. I think you'll see him around the 50-minute mark when things start to open up a bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, is there any other matchups that you guys would like to pick out or pinpoint before we get into a couple of questions from the at footballpod underscore GA Instagram? Keegan's gone after McCurry, isn't he? Do you reckon? Oh, yeah. I thought it was funny the way Mayo did it against uh, against Dublin, uh, Paddy. I thought, like, O'Hora seemed to be picking up the guy who was close to the goal. Yeah. Particularly in that first half. I think it changed slightly in the second half to went more man-to-man. Um, mm. I think in the first half, he was picking up the guy who went into the D. And Lee seemed to be out ahead of him. They were protecting that D zone. And I think they'll do something similar at the start of this game. Um, I, I, I would have thought O'Hora and Mullen will between them pick up McKenna and Maddie Donnelly, depending on who goes in and who comes out. I think those guys will interchange in and out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Lee picked up one of those just because of his physicality. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if O'Hora goes on on, um, McCurry. on McCurry. That would okay. that, be, be the way I think. It's such a hard game, uh, Tommy. I'm sorry now for annoying you, but like, it's such a hard game to do your matchups on. It is literally, I went through it and I'm like, Oh, does that suit? And like, where is like the Tyrone boys going to play? Who's going to line five and seven for Tyrone? Mm. Who's, is it going to be McGeary and Sludden or is it going to be Hart and Wyman? <laughs> so who's going to mark? And then Hart to play up. Hart to play up. Yeah, so you'd be imagining. So who, like, who, who's going to play in them transition? Uh, them, they're not even wing back, wing forwards anymore. They're just kind of eight midfielders. Just there, and they're just going. We know Burns is going to hold it for Tyrone, um, and you know the way Moore are going to play. But who, where are them four guys going to play? So until you know that and you see the game, it's very hard to pick your actually game matchups. And in the Mayo full forward line, is it much of a muchness in terms of who, like McNamee, if, if Aiden lines out 14, you'd imagine McNamee will take him or would Hampsey be taking him? Who's taking Tommy Conroy? Who's taking Ryan O'Donoghue? What way, like, is, is, would Ryan O'Donoghue cause anyone in particular more problems than... I wouldn't be surprised if you seen Myler and Ryan O'Donoghue. Really? Yes. Now, okay. if he was that close to goal, I think it's going to be tricky, but he's a different sort of animal to Sean O'Shea or... Poddy, Poddy Clifford. Like, he's five foot seven, five foot eight. He's elusive. He's close to the ground. Sorry, do you say, do you mean Hamsey or Conor Myler on Ryan O'Donoghue? Myler. Okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I think that's a big call on bringing him back from wing back into the corner and close to goal. But I do feel, is McNamee or Hamsey suited to Ryan O'Donoghue? Small, elusive. Hamps, Hamsey, no. No, I don't think McNamee is. No, Hamsey maybe. And I, I like, I think like one of them will take Aiden. I 
may, like again, it's so hard to pick. Michael McKernan <laughs> for speed, will he have to go on? Tommy. Have to go on? Tommy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's going to be very interesting to see, to see how it goes. If Mayo are going to win this, Andy, which I know you think they will, yep. who's going to be the match winner? Who's going to get the score? Like Tommy Connery popped up the last in extra time and announced himself, which we were asking, and we, we said he'd have to do. Ryan Dunahoo, to be fair, was ticking away all year, clipping scores. If they're going to win this... I think it's going to be a, a, a low-scoring game, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it has to be. I think if Mayo are going to win, it has to be. Yeah, I think it, there's going to be a lot between the 245s, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was a 112-13 or 112-14 sort of, sort of scoreline. So... Yeah, listen, Rhino Dunno scored a goal. He scored a goal or two in, in Crow Park over the last couple of years. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping for him. Matty Ruan has been a big influence. I think it's going to be more tricky for Matty to get through. I think he's going to play well, but to get mm. through that centre channel, they're going to shut that down on the likes of Matty Ruan. Mm. There. So I do think there's a massive influence on Jeremy O'Connor and Connor Loftus playing between that number 10 and midfield role. If there's going to be space... I do feel that's where it's going to be. Either side of the, like the centre of the 45, either side, right or left of that 45, I do think there's going to be chances there to score. And we have to take our chances. It's crazy to say it. Everyone was saying that Kerry's forward line didn't play well. Out of 30 shots, they scored 22. So Mayo need to be, Mayo need to be on, they need to be on early and they need to, they need to take the chances. What's Aiden O'Shea doing in this game, lads? Lots of talk around. A lot of questions about Aidan O'Shea's role this uh, weekend. But, but, but uh, I, I think everything we thought about, he's not a scorer. Never has been. That's not his game. That's not a strongest point. Mayo were trying to get him to do that in the Dublin game, and it didn't work. But I think it's nearly unfair on him in a way. You know, you could say he's struggling with a couple of shots. Now, yes, he probably should have kicked the scores he, anyway. He was, in but, a boot, I, I, he was in a boot the week of that game as well, and he was unlucky. The direct ball into him worked. He received yeah, there, a couple of times... But like, he's not a sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. And if, if Mayer were going there thinking Malayden O'Shea is going to score four points, that's even if he plays really well, that's just not his game. I think the middle third, like Andy said, is going to be like an absolute war zone. I think that's where he does his best work. But there's you one know, t- t- turnovers, tackling. Is it him around the middle? And then he allow, and, and I agree, I think it's going to be Matty Rowan's strength, Dermot O'Connor's strength. Is that athleticism coming from deep? But Toronto are one of the key teams that are that are equipped to deal with those type of threats. But does Aiden sit in there, provide that defensive stuff? Like Neither the Toronto midfielders are going to get away from him. So he doesn't have that, that issue of Kilpatrick or Kennedy trying to run away from him. And does that free up Ruan, Ruan and Dermot O'Connor to get forward a little bit more than maybe they, they would otherwise and he's the safety blanket? I think that's the best way to use him because I, I, I don't think you're going to get a whole pile out of him. I, I, think, I think the key, the key. there's one fella on that... Um, Tyrone defence that doesn't go forward and that's Frank Burns and he marks Frank Burns and if someone else goes someone goes up and it's as simple as that and it's like what you said Paddy you give him the ball as the point and you get off him and you just let him and link it and let him batter and let him go after him if he gets into the game if O'Shea is a good 10 minutes here lads I'm telling you it's fair I I had a stinker in 13 I had a stinker I was captain of the team in the semi-final Colin McCarran cleaned me mentioned in his book we won't mention that but uh, he cleaned me in the semi-final and um, I went into the final and to be honest with you when it got to it I was that bad in the semi-final there was no pressure on me because it couldn't go any bloody worse you know so I went in enjoyed the final enjoyed the parade did alright in the game and I think Aiden is in a very similar situation 
and he just has to go in there now and he just has to grab it by the scruff of the neck. If there's a fight, he needs to be at the bottom of it. If there's a throwing, he needs to be in the middle of it. If there's anything that moves, he needs to be going at it. And for as hard as he can go at it, he just goes at it. And I think Frank Burns gives him the ability to stand there and just mark his spot and give us field position all the time. Uh, I expect I expect him to have a big game, I have to say. So it's it's a it's a massive it's a massive game for Mayo. As a, I think it's a massive game for Aiden. So he's the captain of the team. He's he's lost. He's had the heartbreak. And look, so was Paddy Durkin. So was Lee Keegan and these guys. Aiden O'Shea is probably over the last decade. He's, their, he's the, nearly the face of that team. He knows the pressure's on him. It didn't happen from the semi-final. He's looking at that as a massive a win it was for Mayo. Aiden O'Shea was sitting on the sideline under five points down. And, and the, the Mayo team won that game without him. Mm. His mentality, I just, I expect him to have a massive game because he knows how big a game it is for him personally as well. Um, the, the, the way this game will go around the middle, it'll be frantic. He, he's a brilliant tackler. I think it could nearly suit him in a way. Oh, in big that regard. Big time. And like, Paddy, like, you're on about the face of the team. This this journey never happens without him. It never mm. happens. It, like he lights it up against Kyle Coney in two thousand and eight up in uh, up in Crow Park in the minor. The minor, yeah. And like this, like it never, like I never get to semi-finals, finals without Aidan O'Shea coming on the team. So this is his final. Um, I've no problem. The like me, people put pressure on him. Let him go. Let him take it and let him move. And I, I just feel he's going to he's going to have a big influence on the game Sunday. And I think he might, for us, have the defining influence on the game. Well, that answers the multiple questions in about Aidan O'Shea and what role you think he should play this weekend and whether or not he should start. So that answers that That's definitively. Nice. Look at, hey, the questions are being asked. Who's, who's, who's asking those questions? Is that people from Mayo? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you where you're from. It would, but... be, it would be a debate. It would be a debate in, um, in, in Mayo circles because I suppose the narrative that went out, Paddy, was... That oh, it went way better after Aiden went off. But the, the fact about it is, he goes off in the 46th minute, Robbie kicks the point, and we really don't kick another point to the 63rd or 64th mm. minute. Mm. So it didn't go that well. Like, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 perception it, is unbelievable, isn't it? It's it, it perception. And in that game, I agree with Tommy, Aiden should have scored three points. Like He should have scored the two in the first half, and the one that came into him in the second half where he caught it, he should have just batted it over the bar, which mm. would have been three points in place. So this is the game. Paddy, you're, Paddy's 100% right. Aiden isn't like for me. If you're expecting Aiden to go out and score five points in the game, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. If you're expecting to go in there, win kickouts, get turnovers, link the play, be a positive influence from the game, then you'll see the best of Aiden O'Shea. But, but Andy, that's what I feel. If he's playing on the edge of the square, that's what he's judged on. Yeah. Uh, it's unfair, unfairly so. No, no, in a way, you're kind of going, well, if he is full forward, he's on the edge of the square, you have to contribute something to the scoreboard, but that's just not his A game. No, I don't like it. And when when he's playing there, and if he doesn't score, it's an easy stick to beat when he goes, look, he doesn't do it. And it's like to get the best out of him, you you touched on it last week. Connor Moyler had probably the game of his life. And you're right. I've seen Connor Moyler play for a number of years now, and he's playing in different positions, and you're going, he's not he's not giving them in. Whereas you give him a specific job, coaches picking your players to their strengths and not asking someone to go out and reinvent the wheel. We we always we always had this with Jim Gavin. You'd sit down, watch your job. That's your job. I and for, for me, Paddy, I don't want you to score ten points from play. If you do, happy days. Pretty unlikely that's going to happen. 
but I want you to do your job for the team and no more and no less. And that's what Conor Moyer was asked to do the last day and he did it to a T and is getting rightly praised for it. James Horan knows Ed Lachey as well as anyone out there and I think he's going to trust him to, to perform on, on Saturday evening in his best role. And that could have, he could have a massive influence on the game but it's not going to be on the scoreboard. Really interesting stuff. Let's throw a couple of quick fire questions at you lads. Um, we're an hour 25 into this week's episode of the Football Pod of Paddy and Andy. You're saying quick fire questions. Me and Paddy Andrews have never answered a hey, question. You can try. You can try this time. The world. I want to get through a few of them because there's a lot. Monday night last Jeez. Uh, I, I didn't give my, my little my little plug for where you're listening to the podcast and whether you've subscribed or not. Oh, people better be subscribing because don't be thinking. Somebody said during the week this is the final uh, Football Pod episode. No, it's not, lads. Like, there's, there's, there's news <laughs> coming soon about. You've extended pod. our contracts again. No, this is more telling, changes. We're not telling people yet. We're just saying it's worth subscribing to the football pod of Paddy and Andy wherever you get it. And if you get it on a Tuesday, that means you're you've got the OTB Sports app and you're listening to it there. So fair play to you. Macshar thirty two wants to know, and this can be battered away quickly or it can be agreed with. Have Tyrone shown their hand based on their semi final performance? Yes, Tyrone showed their hand based on Cavan, Donegal, Monan, and Kerry. And if you look at the four games, they showed their hand. You know the way they're going to play. The problem with Tyrone is how do you stop it? And if you're going to give them back the ball and they're going to turn over the ball, what was that stat you said, Tommy, at the start? Or two, seven. Two, seven, two, yeah. two seven from turnovers against Kerry. Huge amount of turnovers. And if you give them back the ball, they're going to hurt you. They've good footballers all over the place. Um, and I think it's underestimated because they've bet Kerry, it's underestimated what they've done in the championship. They bet the Ulster Championships, champions, yes, they had a poor year. They bet Donegal, who most people were predicting to be the outsiders of the championship. They beat a Monon team, a really good Monon team, and they beat what I thought were the favourites. They've gotten better every game. Every game, yeah. they've improved time and time again. And there is no secret to throw they bring if you turn the ball over against them you are under severe pressure every yeah, time we played every time we played them with Dublin for, for years it's just do not kick the ball away cheaply against this team they live off turnovers that was the most surprising thing about Kerry yeah. the man in the street can see the way Tyrone are and how they hurt you and, and Kerry just continuously turned the ball over down the centre channel Mayo have a tendency to do that James Horan knows this yeah so Tyrone are not going to do anything Yes, there might be one or two changes personnel-wise. They might be a little bit more, I feel they might be a little bit more adventurous. But in terms of their style of play, there's not going to be any major surprises. You're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to tag runners. And you're not to carry the ball into contact against them. Yeah, and just on that, Tommy. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Frank Burns gets uh, whatever happened to him before the Monaghan game. Um, <laughs> and McGeary just sits back into the six and he does the exact same job. Yeah. You know their hand. It's not going to change. That's what they do. Uh, Hamsey marks McManus uh, uh, McNamee marks um, McCarran mm. and they, they just do the same thing and they just keep turning out and mm. that's why they're good because they know even though it's the first year of the management uh, Paddy though we mm. say they know their system Dara Siren wants to know what role would you see Aidan O'Shea playing we've answered that Ava O'Connor wants to hear about some of the matchups that you want to pick out we've picked out the ones that we can there's, this there's is the most quick there. fire we've ever done. We don't even have to answer these. We've done the ball already. Yeah. Joan, Joan, Joan Bearish wants to know, should Brendan Harrison start? Andy, I'll let you just answer that quickly. Should Bar- Brendan Harrison start this weekend? Um, no, Harry's been a terrific player for me over the years. but uh, Played his first minutes in about two years. 
against Dublin did really really well and if you can do the same for us in the last 15 minutes of the game leave him where he is don't be putting that man anywhere near the starting team let him come on and see the game out for us if we can you know because his experience Tommy coming mm. on with 15 minutes to go and electric pace like he's electric mm. pace which will add something to us as well you know Chris Mooney this is another one that's been answered already do Tyrone stick or twist should midfield be shuffled to bring Max Shane in so you've kind of both given your thoughts on that already so uh, interesting that Andy came to the table with that beforehand. Sean Grant, would you put Stephen Cohen on McKenna? You talked about Jermaine O'Connor on him, but would Cohen be more versatile, versatile around the pitch? I actually thought Ocean Mullen would be going on Conor McKenna this week, but mm. don't even mention that, Paddy. You might have mentioned that already. Or maybe yeah. Paddy Durkin on Conor McKenna, but maybe I'm, again, overestimating what sort of role so. Conor McKenna will have next week. What do you think, Andy? Who would you like to see taking on Conor McKenna? Yeah, actually, like, I swear to God, I don't know. Um mm. And that, that, that Mullen is a good shout to be honest with you. Mullen is a good shout. Uh, I, I think the way McKenna, I, the way I see Tyrone using McKenna and Donnelly is the same in the semi final. Like they drift in and out from number 11 to number 14. I think that suits O'Hara or Mullen or like Andy saying, I just love to see Keegan. I, I think Keegan would love to go on McCurry. <laughs> I, I love the way you're laughing when you say that. You but it's just like it. McCurry is the scorer today and Lee Keegan is just going. Yeah, I love. I love a look at that. I, I think it's clear that we love, <laughs> we love both players in this pod. But I like Paddy Andrews. One thing I've learned from Paddy is Paddy's got the most evil chuckle. So I just know <laughs> that you're just waiting to see a battle there between McCurry and Keegan. So um, no, McKenna, McKenna would is an interesting one because I think Lee would mark, like to mark McKenna as well because he goes further out the field. So I think he'd, hmm. he'd probably enjoy that kind of uh, that mission. If if which I think you'd also like. That, that, do I do I am taking McCurry is McCurry does not want to run back after Lee Keegan. No. That is like that is not his A game. No, that's an opportunity. Who No, and that's if you're only kicking, rubbing hands. Yeah, yeah, but who's who? Who like so? Like if if O'Neill starts and they leave a sweeper, then who's left as the sweeper and all that? Is it a Stephen Cohen kind of figure? So there's a, there's a lot that'll be answered in the game. I know that that's. A crap answer, but I, I think <laughs> it's hard to know. But like, he's getting tired. Look, he hasn't slept all week. We, he, he's still he, excited. He, he, we, he know we know Morgan is going to play against Henley. Can we just do that? One? Yeah, we know the two goalies. Let's yeah. Hey, I don't think you realised it himself, Paddy, but he yawned about 25 minutes into the podcast when we were talking about Kildare, so I said, I better hurry up on Tomeo here. I thought it was you talking about me. I was yawning as well, but go on. Hey, uh, Ryan Groves. Okay, we, we might leave it after this, right? Ryan Groves wants to know the matchup Groves. that Paddy and Andy are looking forward to the most. Paddy, you said it, Keegan and McCurry. Andy, give me a that matchup. That might even happen, though. Okay, well, okay, what matchup would you like to see the most? Keegan and McCurry. I'd like, I'm in, intrigued to see Paddy Durkin's draw. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was relatively quiet against Dublin. I think he, it, like he could be a guy that can go up and score three points from play. But is James Horan going to detail him to man mark Peter Hart or McGeary or Maybe. McKenna or someone like that? Or does James Horan go, let Terrell do with you. You attack. We need scores. Get up the pitch. I'm intrigued to see he's such a massive player for them. And I say, if Mayo, I, I just feel Mayo will struggle to get big scores here. They're going to need Paddy Durkin to ship him with a few. I think so. And McGeary, uh, Durkin, Paddy is like, is a man marker. So mm. I, think he, I think he will. I know. Yeah, yeah. I think he will tag someone, Paddy. And he likes to get his scores off a man marker role. Yeah. Is he hands on, Paddy? Like, is he annoying you? Yeah. Is he? It's more annoying when you have to run 150 yards up the pitch for everything to play. Yeah. 
Oh. Me, dr- me dragging my arse behind them to turn the cats away. <laughs> sorry to bring that is that is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry to bring this up again, but I accidentally trolled Andy Bourne on Twitter at the weekend. I didn't oh, mean hey. it. Hey, I didn't mean it. Some man. It was completely innocent. You're going to, you're going to have to block him. Uh, it was unbelievable. I'll have to get the forward to Jenny. She'll have to block it. Was that Jenny tweeting me, was it? But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, is this, this man really doing this the week when all are in the final? But the, uh, that, that angle, the footage, like, Andy, you might have a similar seat this weekend. I don't know where you're sitting for the All-Ireland final, but I know you're not sitting beside me. And I know that Paddy Andrews won't be sitting beside me because he's gone to bloody Old Trafford this weekend. So... Like my prediction for the weekend is an easy Man United win and Ronaldo with two goals. Well, if you get that one right, it'd be happy enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. It's an amazing angle, and it, it just shows. It like, shows the physicality, doesn't it? Amy yeah. McGee has a turnover there, and I'm like, who's that monster? Yeah, like it, it's huge, like a brilliant turnover. Then you see, like, like I, I think again from McGuinness, I think that was a <clears throat> that was a planned move, <clears throat> even though it was a turnover. Mm. Uh, Lacey on the right hand side, isolating Barry Moore one on one. I think the, the the first turnover from Donald Vaughan was absolutely the two turnovers yeah. from Donald and McGee was amazing. Then the pace, the physicality the game, of the game, the genius from Murphy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, just when we were chatting there, we were to go. It, it just kind of struck me as well. How come nobody's talking about a dream team down in Kerry of Jimmy McGinnis and Paddy Andrews? That'd be a team I'd like to see on a sideline together. I think that could work. Paddy, any comment? No. In a golf course, maybe for that. Moment. Yeah, maybe. There's some lovely golf down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spend the weekends in Kerry between Trelay and Clarity, Ballybunion. Yeah, I could manage that. Jimmy, send me a DM me. First question in this week was from Mark Malone. He was very quick, and we're going to leave with that. How excited is Andy? <laughs> Think, do you know when, when, when kids first understand Christmas? And it's like Santa Claus is, what am I going to get off Santa Claus? The first ever time they're really buying into it. That's Andy Moore. Now, he's kept it together, Tommy. We were on for 10 minutes before we started recording this, and I thought he was going to I thought he was explode. And the minute you started recording, he's gone professional. Look Put at on him. the hat and answer this one. How excited are you? No, I, I think, right, in, in a nutshell, right, this is the little man's hat, but in a nutshell, the, um, the, I'm actually really, really enjoying it. I, I think halfway through the Dublin game to the Mio game, I turned into a supporter. Genuinely, I think I just turned into a supporter. I don't know if, if you've got to that point yet, Paddy, but I, I literally just turned in, bang, wow, I, I'm away. And then mm. obviously I got caught rotten on the camera. But like, it was just, it was um, it was a great moment. And I, I have to say, I, I'd be driving along in the car and I'd literally think of the match and I would go, wow, <laughs> amazing. Uh, I can't wait for the game. Jeez, uh, can you imagine if we win? And all them thoughts that would never come through my head as a player are coming through. And it's, I have to say, it's a really enjoyable process. My thought always fixed to, to Killian, my buddy. Um, hard week. I went through a hard week myself in 2012 when I missed the final. It's not a nice place to be. Um, but the, the, the sheer, I suppose, emotion that I'm showing is, is like, I'm, I'm, I'm like a child. I am. I'm, a bit, I'm excited by it. I'm excited for the Mio people. I'm excited for the Mio team. I think it's a huge opportunity. I think the fact that Dublin or Kerry aren't in the final is huge for both massive. teams. Massive. It's massive it's for both teams. Like the psychological damage that Kerry and Dublin have done to us over the years, you can't underestimate it. Neither of the two of them there. And I think Tyrone and Mio just have a huge chance. And it's such a, 
Andy, do you, think do, do you think they'll ever have a better chance? I think they, I think they will, and I think we, we chanced in the past, but right now, I do think, and I, I know Kerry messed up in the final, I do think Kerry will come again, and I think yeah. Clifford is going to win all Ireland's stats. It's as simple as that. He's going to win all Ireland. He's not an all Ireland. He's going to win a few. So now is the time for either Tyrone or Mio to stamp their authority on it and say, we're going to be here for a couple of years afterwards. Because if this is only about winning an all Ireland, oh, that's shit, class. Like, sorry for cursing, but that's crap. Like, this has to be about all Ireland's and progression and moving on and getting and competing with the likes of Dublin's and the Kerry's and the Tyrone's and these guys and trying to win multiples. And when Mio and Kerry take the field on Saturday, this can't be, it has to be a goal one to start because you have to start somewhere. But then it has to be like, who's coming next? And what, what's happening next? And this is a great starting point for either of them. And um, hopefully it's uh, the Green and Red of Mayo playing a Crow Park on Saturday evening. Paddy, I don't know about you, but I don't want this podcast to end. I, I, I kind of like this state of excitement I, I, and euphoria. I'm as, I'm as excited about seeing Ronaldo on Saturday as Andy is about tense. <laughs> right, no, don't have to make so Rod and Ron, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, classic. Right. Uh, but to- Tommy, absolutely brilliant. We've, we went through the championship class games. I think we waited for the semi final. Um, and listen, it's been, it's been amazing. And uh, yeah. we, like Monday, we'll reflect in the game with whoever loses, but, or whoever wins and whoever loses. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be a you know, it, it is brilliant because I remember. Only a couple of months ago, very short months ago, we were unsure about the championship, the structures, all that type of stuff. The National League kind of went out with a damp squib. They didn't play league finals. The early rounds of all the provincial championships were, were pretty dour. And it was it looked like it was bleak. It was. The Hurling Championship was completely outshining what was happening in our game. And over the last couple of weeks, it's been the semi-finals, the stories, the plot lines, the games themselves. It's been, it's been brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant. And a novel pairing in this game on, on Saturday night. And it is literally, it's it's so, so tight to call. That's the way it should be for an All-Ireland final. It could literally, it could go either way. We don't even know who's going to, we can't even name half the players playing. We don't know where they're going to be. It's so intriguing what's going to happen on Saturday night. What has James Horan got up his sleeve? What's the next plan that Logan and Dior have? Because they're definitely going to have them. They've, they've proven they've proven themselves throughout every game of the championship to date. And somebody, this is a massive, massive All-Ireland win for either one of these counties. One or two players on Saturday night are going to write themselves into absolute history in their respective counties. If Tyrone got over the line and won the first All-Ireland in 13 years, or if Mayo got over the line, who is going to be the hero? And that's that's the opportunity for some of these players. And it's going to be a special game. It's going to be a special, special game. Hey, if to get the job done, Paddy, we're going into Mayo, me and you. And uh, we're, record, <laughs> we're recording next week's podcast down there. Oh, I fly home from Manchester. I go directly to Knock. I'll change my flight instead of going back to Dublin Airport. Yeah. Do, but, exactly. but it's funny, after the Dublin game, and it was it, it, like, I didn't go for a pint. Like, I didn't go out. So I didn't do It was just kind of... <laughs> So it was a bit of satisfaction and relief more so than anything. So I think for both squads, whoever gets over the line, it's going to be that satisfaction. That mm. we built something here, we've done it. Um, and Joe, you know, like, how are the injuries going to play out? Is the Killian thing going to cost us? Who knows? But I'll tell you one thing, lads. The two teams won the semi finals because the bit of an eye, an eye of the tiger in them, where the other two teams, Dublin, just 
the situation it was always going to come to some end it mightn't have happened this year mm. but at some stage it was going to come Kerry the same Tyrone were ready for them mm. uh, but isn't, isn't that isn't that intriguing Andy when you think of the evolution of tactics and all that the, the skills and the nuance in the game and the kickouts and how professional and in-depth these coaches and game plans are that the old-fashioned just fight and hunger and raw passion still has such a massive, massive place in modern Gaelic football. And you could see that. You're right. In terms of when the game was in the melting pot, it was just fight and doggedness from Tyrone that they were they were not going to lose that game. No matter what Kerry threw at them, they were the backs against the wall. Mayo were down and out. The game was over, but Mayo do what they always do. And it just shows that despite all the professionalism and all the fancy stuff that goes with it, if you've got a team that has balls and that has fight, Jesus Christ, that, that, that gives you a serious chance, even at the very highest level of the game. It's and, and that's why I, I think Saturday's gonna be Saturday's gonna be like that. It's gonna be heavy. It's gonna it's gonna be an epic either way. I <clears throat> I'm gonna ask you both for a prediction because I wanna hear what Paddy Anders has to say. So whoever I pick is gonna be wrong. So I wanna um, I wanna hear like Paddy, who who are you going for? Very tight to call. I I think Tyrone okay. will win this game. And for the very similar reason why I thought Dublin would get over the line against Mayo, I think it's going to be, I think the scores, I think Andy's right, they, they're going to need it to be, a, it is going to be a tight game, they're going to need it to be low scored. I think Tyrone might just nick it, just because of their, their, their greater scoring threat. Andy, last word to you. Yeah, like my heart obviously says Mayo, it's uh, like <laughs> absolutely biased in it. I think it's a, I've never, I, I don't think I've ever seen a more 50-50 game uh, in a final in my life. Like, we went to play Dublin last year in, in the 2020 final. And like, I was making the case for me, but I did not see them winning going to the game. I can see every situation happening on Saturday. I think we all win. There's something in my gut that's telling me that we're going to win this game. And um, I, I don't know what that is. I genuinely, I've never had that feeling before in my life in terms of being supporters. I'm a bit daft at the minute, but it's, I, I do think there, and I, I do think it's going to be a 112, 13 point in around that mark. If it rains, it's going to be intense. And if it rains, it's going to be like the amount of ball that's going to be on the floor. Who's going to want it more? If it's, there's going to, there could be a black card, there could be a red, there could be an injury. Yeah. Just don't know how this can dress up because when there's that level of intensity, you miss time one, you're spending 10 minutes in the bin, that could be the difference between winning and losing the game. So, so much stuff is going to happen that me and Paddy literally can't see. Yeah. But lads, like, I literally cannot wait for that first ball to go in. <laughs> do, do you think you'll sleep between now and Saturday? I think I have. He'll arrive. You have to drag him up to the seat. I'm going to try to come out of me kind of bubble for about the first three minutes. And I'm just going to watch this sheer maniac. Madness. What's going to happen in the first it will be. 90 seconds. Because that ball is going to be thrown in and they are just going to hit. And it's... Listen, it's going to be. It's going to be. It'll be like that for the first fifty minutes. Never mind the first ninety seconds. Yeah, uh, it's it, 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 it's amazing. But it, listen, it's it's absolutely. I have to say, it's it's so cool to be from a county that's in the final. Uh, I, I suppose it's kind of my first one 
got away from it because there was no supporters in last year. And it, it, it really is, it's just, it, 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 it's, it's a really cool thing. And it's cool to have the kids watching it. My little man went up and got a, like he's three, like he wanted to get a flag last Sunday. They're learning the green, <laughs> green and red of Mayo at play school. There's prayers. But it's, 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 it's classic. Lads, thanks very much. Great stuff. We'll leave it at that. And uh, everyone else at home, I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. And we'll be talking to you next week on The Football Pod. All the best, boys. Want to know where Stanaline could take you this year? From school runs to road trips. From FaceTime to face-to-face time. Get away from the everyday and we'll take care of everything else. Take your car to Britain and France from only €139 car and driver one way. And if you upgrade to our FlexiFare, if your plans change, so can your ticket. Book today at stanaline.ie. Terms and conditions apply.